This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we are taking a look at The Terminator to determine if our nostalgia is warranted. So, Mark, you're going to start us off here because this was your pick. Are you ready to do a 60-second synopsis? Or thereabouts. Do you have a timer for me? Just about. I'm working (laughs) on it. It's nearly there. I left my phone in a different room. Uh, yeah. How can Are you, you live ready? without your phone in your hands at all times? And in three, two, one, go. At the beginning of the film, we learn that in the future there is a war between humans and machines. The machines send a Terminator back in time to kill Sarah Connor before she can give birth to her son, John, who will eventually lead the Resistance against the machines. The Resistance sends a volunteer named Kyle Reese to save Sarah and preserve hope that they will win the war. Reese saves Sarah in a nightclub, and the Terminator chases them through L.A. until they eventually force him to crash his car. Reese and Sarah are taken in for questioning by the police and a criminal psychologist who all believe Reese is crazy. The Terminator finds them at the police station, but Reese and Sarah escape to a seedy hotel where Sarah learns the rest of Reese's story and how he has been in love with her for years despite having only one photograph. They have sex, but the Terminator catches up with them at the beginning of the final chase scene, which ends up in a large factory full of hydraulic machines. During a battle in the factory, Reese is killed and the Terminator is exploded, but drags itself after Sarah despite having no legs. Sarah crawls through a hydraulic press and the Terminator follows her. She turns on the press and we see him get crushed and die. In the final scene, we learn that Sarah is now pregnant with Reese's baby, her son, John Connor. Oh, Oh, just over. (laughs) Was it like Very one second? Very difficult game. Yeah, yeah, three seconds <sighs> is what you want over. All right, so let's get into long form. What do you guys see in Terminator on this viewing that we missed as children? My, so what do you guys got? My first like reaction to anything, because it opens up in, in the future. Mm-hmm, the year 2029. Correct. All I feel like all apocalyptic movies from like that time period, they all look identical. Yes. <laughs> They're just all the same. Well, yeah, because it's dystopian. It's like all buildings are raised. Yeah. There's tanks going over skulls. Everything is just, it's just done in like a trash heap and that's their movie. And was this Terminator? Was this Escape from New York? Who knows? <laughs> well, it'd probably be the sequel, Escape from L.A. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a lot of the machines specific. seem very similar to things you would see in RoboCop also. Yeah, um, when did RoboCop come out? Because uh, it was the, the 80s. That, the thing that surprised me about the Terminator, because I had never seen this as a child, this was my first viewing of it, oh. is that this, unlike the sequels, which are more like sci-fi action movies, this is pretty solidly in the horror genre. This is, for like being this sci-fi act, like action movie... It is very, very dry. It is very yes, straightforward. Yeah. There's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of like big explosions. It is just 
murder and more murder. <laughs> Which, yeah, but the uh, that's a lot of Arnold's me. early movies was just him running around killing people. So well, well in other ones, yes. he's the hero. True. He was almost the hero for this one. He they wanted him to be Kyle Reese. Oh, that would have been terrible. Yes, because <laughs> uh, see, I think James Cameron convinced him that he should be the Terminator because the Terminator is the more iconic thing about the movie. You get more press, you get more well known. Because what was his name? Michael Bain played um, yeah. Kyle Reese, and I've not seen him in anything else. He was in Aliens. Yes. Okay. He did, look which was also to me. directed by James Cameron. I think so. Yes. I think he yes, wrote that sounds, that at least correct. wrote Aliens in his office. Also, also one of the police officers in this movie was Bishop in Aliens. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of crossover between this and Aliens, but I wanted to go back to that horror movie thing before because this was 1984 is when the Terminator came out. So that means that uh, a couple of Halloweens had already come out and uh, Friday the 13th had come out as well. And this is very much along the same lines because you have a big, um, practically unbeatable villain who time and time again shows up. He disappears at a point. The protagonists are assumed to be crazy because nobody believes that anything is going on. Uh, and then he refuses to die at the end. Yeah, I that's I was gonna bring that up, but I thought we would wait until we get to the final scene. But <laughs> but yeah, they I noticed similar to Friday the Thirteenth, um, where where like the ending is you think that the the bad guy is dead and then he's not, and then you think he's dead again and then he's not, and it just they do it three or four times before they finally get rid of him. So going back to talking about how he convinced Arnold Schwarzenegger to do this one. Because it would be the more iconic role. I was thinking of that, and I was as I was watching, I'm like, this is a movie that kind of, in some ways, could use a remake. Like, there are a lot of things about it that would benefit from having new technology. Yeah. Like, like when he pulls out his eyeball, that face mask <laughs> is yes. the biggest oh, thing I've yes. ever Yes, we should talk about the effects that, in this movie. So that's a scene yes. where he has gotten into a car crash. He has broken into... Uh, this apartment complex or something where he is repairing himself. There's two effects here. One works pretty well. The other, as you say, is terrible. Because uh, he cuts into his arm and you see like the hydraulics in his hand. And that still holds up for yeah. me. That worked pretty well. But yeah, the, the eye effect is just the worst because well, it it goes into the uncanny valley. I, and I think they have the a eye mask itself of wasn't that bad. It was that they had to make a r actual robot thing out of his face, and it didn't look and like him. I think it would have made been better if they hadn't done the effect where they kept flashing back to his real face and then to the mask face. Mm -hmm. If they had just been it was like, well, so different. If they'd been like, oh, he's damaged now, it's affected slightly how his face looks, you could have gone for that, but they kept being like, no, his face is fine, and now his face I, is, like, not attached to his body anymore. I don't know if that would work for the story, because they no. say that he is the, the latest model of Infiltrator trying to get into the Resistance, and so he is a metal skeleton with human flesh wrapped around him, 
And they, they even say that previous models were easy to detect because yeah. their skin was made of well, rubber. But maybe it was that. Maybe it is the flesh is starting to pull away from the metal exoskeleton. And then you or just something. have a face sagging I off. I don't know. It's yeah. just terrible. But the point it was. It really like, was. I mean, um, you could clearly delineate when they're using an Arnold mask and when he was really there. Yeah. It was very distinct given but, that. The Arnold mask looks like uh, the William Shatner mask they used for <laughs> yes. Michael Myers. Yes, it's true. The, the stuff like that could really use a remake. But on the other hand, it's a real hard movie to remake because, I mean. It's a classic Arnold, and everybody how, how knows do you it. do it without, I mean, the Terminator attached to Arnold being the Terminator mm-hmm. is so iconic that kind of to remake it would kind of ruin that even if it could right. use some. And even. um. Shoot, what is her name? Linda Hamilton? Yes, playing Sarah, like, Sarah Connor. She also is like kind of this iconic female action hero. And so to redo those, it's kind of this weird thing about like technology-wise, it needs a remake. Acting-wise, you'd hate to do it. And right. I think also, in again, jumping way ahead to the final scene, they had once... He gets in another car crash that lights the car on fire and explodes with the robot in there. And this is one of the times that you think it's dead and it comes back. But it melts all of the human flesh off of the actual robot. And then you see the robot walking through the factory, which is kind of obviously stop motion animation. Oh, it is definitely stop motion animation. And, I mean, that could benefit from some upgrades too. But I think, again, you don't want to change too much of a classic movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a type of movie that I don't think would be remade because the series has survived and they are still well, making movies kinda. in a part of this series. Now, Genesis might have killed it. <laughs> they well, because they messed with the timeline, right? They did. It was it was a reboot alternate universe. Yeah, and you had Daenerys Targaryen as uh, Sarah Connor, I think. Yeah, I don't remember who played Kyle. I have not I didn't even watch seen that one. It is so <laughs> I was just looking up Terminator. fun facts because um, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones plays Sarah uh, Connor in that movie. And also the woman who plays Cersei in Game of Thrones played Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So it was show. a weird crossover. Um, yeah, it's the only one I haven't watched. I've watched all of the other four, but... I don't know. I just I got mad by the fact that they only needed one more movie to complete the timeline. And they're like, nope, instead of that, we're just going to reboot in a way that's real weird and no one likes. Well, where do you go with that? You you have to fill a spot. It'd be like Star Wars Episode Three, where you know where it has to start. You know where it has to end. And so you're just mashing those two together. I don't know. Just. I wanted my happy ending. They won the war. They never got to win the war. They never Although, do win the war. I, I no, they thought, do. That's yeah, the whole yeah, point of did. this movie. Because no, at no, some no. point, they are, yeah, they he, are about Kyle to. Reese, no, no, he said that they had the already things. won the war because the war was over before Reese oh. was born. Because he well, said that once about, during his life story that and, the war and they was already about over. The reason why they had to send the robot back was because the humans had won. They had shut down all of their, like... Defense grid. Yeah, or their their servers are like their yeah, all of that, and so the robots had nowhere. The only way they could go was to the past. In the future, they were done. Yeah, I remember it as him being in the uh, the interrogation center with the um, therapist, 
where he <laughs> described uh, the robots were about to win, but I could be wrong. No, the humans. humans were about oh yeah, about the humans were about to win, and but, so but, the robots well, sent this thing back to stop them from. It ever wasn't starting. necessarily that they had, were about to win. Everything was going to wrap up. They had already destroyed the servers, which was the thing they really need, or servers or something. I, sure. I think something. he said defense if, grid, but yeah, sure. well, defense robots. grid was, mis- was mentioned, but they said something else too. But like that was already done. Okay. That had already happened. Right. And one of the things I enjoyed about this film that they continue to with some of the others is that it has a very interesting relationship with time in that everything that happens has already happened. It's a yeah. very secular uh, timescape. Sure. Well, well, that's a whole like running theme with all of the Terminator movies is that everything is kind of inevitable. Everything... They they move the timeline slightly, but everything mm-hmm. continues to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of already knew this going in, but it did, I don't know, seeing it happen and thinking about it afterwards, I can see why this movie was so popular, because if the robots don't do this, if they don't take this last-ditch effort to try to win the war, they wouldn't have lost the war to begin with. Because they send back Arnold Schwarzenegger, which means Kyle Reese goes back, which means John Connor gets born. Yeah, everything's kind of, don't think about it too hard, your brain will hurt sort of thing. Well, it's just a Anytime it's a, a time travel time. movie, that's how yeah. that works. <laughs> Not necessarily, because Back to the Future has different rules. He can go well, back in time true. and he can change the future. Whereas this one, the future is inevitable. Them sending this guy back is something that has always happened. There's no alternate timeline where this hasn't happened. Um, is a fixed point in time. Yeah, except except Genesis, because I think then they change everything. Well, yes. Because I think because the whole point of Genesis idiots. is the the apocalypse gets moved up. Because mm. by the time Kyle goes back, they're already fighting stuff. Because yeah. he goes back and and Sarah's like, I'm already cool. Person, I got a gun. <laughs> I don't know. She I wasn't a cool person it. the first time. Well, she... let's talk about her life because where she begins this movie is she is working as a waitress. She is living In with her best bar? friend. Yes, that much is true. <laughs> no, she did not meet a guy. Um, so she was working with her friend. She was living with her friend. They get dressed up to go out. Uh, she, she has a pet iguana. She does have a pet iguana. So her life may not be, uh, people may not be super envious of her life, but she is at least having fun with it. And then this happens and ruins her entire life. And that, there was a great part while she's she's waitressing and making all kinds of mistakes and people are angry at her. And then her friend waitress says, look on the bright side. In a hundred years, none of this will matter. And... (laughs) This was before there's, she finds out that she's the savior of humanity. Or there's whatever, a lot so. of like things like that because she says that, and then the answering machine is something about uh, talk to the machine. Machines lead love to the bar is called <laughs> Tech something. Yeah, uh, she's also very fortunate that she happens to be in a place playing the news report, reporting on the other Sarah Connors that are dead like twice in a row. I would think uh, that would be a big story, though. It might be playing everywhere. I don't know. I I think it might be significant that two people named Sarah Connor have died. But when the um when the press comes into the police station, they say that 
Uh, they have a question. Do you think it's significant that people are dying in the same order as they appear in the phone book? Yeah. I, and what? they have two data points. It was either going to be in order or reverse order. I just like the fact that this movie is old enough that they still had phone books. Yeah, because the, ro- the T-800, Arnold Schwarzenegger, goes back without knowing how to find this woman at all, except for, oh, right, phone books are a thing. We should look yeah. her up there. And it, like uh, a robot that tap- knows how to drive a car, even though I don't know. Well, it, why does I guess Kyle they have cars. Know to how to they drive had a cars car. in the future. In Did one they? of the flash they... forward things, they showed him driving one. He has like okay. a, he's driving like some sort of mach- something. Yeah, they're still like vehicles. Because there was a guy okay. on the roof shooting a gun at the flying thing while he was driving it. But hmm. I, I guess since this was in the eighties, they weren't like if the robots are everywhere, there, there are robots in the cars. Since there weren't as many, like, every car has a computer system. Right. I think it would have been cool. But they had computers at the time. I think they had them at the police station. I think it would have been far more interesting if, like, he had tapped into some network and gained the information that way. Because the idea, at least from what they present in the story, is that a lot of this data from this time period was lost in the future. And so they have to send him back blind, only giving him the information of the woman's name, Sarah Connor, and the city in which she lives. Except it turns out later that's not entirely true, because he has the picture. Ah, I was no, talking Kyle, about the robot. The robot. Kyle, Kyle the robot. does have the picture. Yes. Um, can we talk about the fact that uh, Ginger is kind of the worst. Ginger? Is that the roommate? Yes. yes. That one that nobody no, pays no, it attention wasn't Ginger. to? It was whoever it, she works with at the at the restaurant, her friend at the restaurant. And I don't oh, think that's Ginger. No. That's some other brunette. Okay. Because <laughs> Ginger was giant... the one who did nothing but listen to her Walkman for her entire she's also life. Kind oh, of my God, show. that's but right. No, whoever she <laughs> works when she's with at the bold. cafe. Mm, like, I, don't have that, I don't have that name, but go I on. I don't either. I don't know what her name is, um, but at the one point when the uh, the news story first comes out, she's like, hey, come over here. You're going to love it. Hey, this person with your name just died. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with this person? Uh, I think it would be funny, though, like in a coincidental way that you're like, hey, someone else has your name. And now they're but, but dead. She's just like, but you're going to find, find this, this hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> this could be no. you. You could be dead right now. Isn't that funny? Uh, um, also, the, the iguana's name is Pugsley, just in <laughs> case anyone wanted to know. I, I kind of uh, liked when... So, Adam so we find out throughout the course of the film that the transporter thing cannot transport inorganic material. So... It just so happens that the robots have human skin and organs or whatever so that they are able to get transported along with it. So they show up completely naked. Uh, Why does the robot care that he needs to get dressed for the movie? (laughs) Because, okay... This actually is this made like sense part of me. his cover to to look more human. So I guess he is an infiltrator. I like their explanation of why the robots would create things with skin. It's that they want to infiltrate the resistance, right? And I think his programming tells him if you're naked, you're not being very subtle. <laughs> um, I want to but- know why they made that robot anatomically correct. Yes, why make it gigantically yes. He should be kind of like a Ken doll. Um, yeah. But yeah. It why? also is very convenient that Kyle 
comes in. He starts running from the police when they spot it, which I don't know why the police start chasing him in the first place. Cause it's because he steals alley. from a homeless man. Mm, but they didn't no, know think, that when they saw no, him. No, I think the police had gotten the report that a naked man had attacked some kids. <laughs> oh. And so they're confusing oh, Kyle, yes, also, who is also a naked man, with the Terminator. Because I think all they know about me, him is he is um, white, blonde, and naked. <laughs> Well, it just, and that describes both of them. What's his name? Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton was also Paxton, in yes. Aliens, which He's so one another punks. one that was in both movies. Um, but no, so it's convenient that the police are chasing Kyle around through the alleys. The one door that he finds that's unlocked is a clothing store, so he steals mm-hmm. some clothing. <laughs> so yeah, that he's not very nicely. admirable when he comes in because he's he is the hero of this movie. And he doesn't do very heroic things, at least at first, because, like, he has a wartime mentality. He is coming in and he is gathering resources at any cost so that he can guarantee his survival. But that means that he's taking things from others, um, he's punching out cops, and he's stealing cars. Hey, but he didn't shoot the cop, so I guess that's a plus, because he did steal his gun. It's true. Kyle does not have a body count in this movie. Oh, yeah, the Terminator definitely does. (laughs) Well, they even said when they're in the police station, oh, you can sleep on the couch here, you'll be safe. We have 30 cops in the building, and all of them die. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so in that police station, they try to convince Sarah that she didn't see what she thought she saw, in that the the Terminator got shot a bunch and didn't go down, and so they show her this really thick body armor, explaining that this can take several bullets. I thought this they were going to put it on her. Were... Yeah, I thought. Yes, yes. Or one of them should have wore it in the fight scene following this. True. The biggest laugh I had in this movie was there's a a buddy cop thing going on because they're searching for Sarah because Sarah Connors are dying, and when the Terminator attacks the police station. Uh, one of them comes out, fires at the Terminator, and the Terminator blows him away. The other guy, seeing his buddy dead, gets up, goes out in the hallway, and does the exact same thing. <laughs> he learned nothing from his buddy's sacrifice. Um, well, wasn't there one my... of them knelt down next to his friend and was checking him out instead of shooting at the guy? I'm like, why wouldn't you try to kill the person who's shooting everyone? <laughs> my oh. biggest laugh is also from that scene, but it's the the I'll be back moment, and it's not oh, that line. It's no. the the fact that he leaves and comes back and just drives the car through the wall. <laughs> yeah, I can see why this line was so iconic, but because it has been copied time and time again, yeah. I knew it had to be significant in some way. And so that, that moment was less influential to me, just because I expected something has to happen here. That's why oh. this line is so big. I don't I just know think why it's hilarious, he didn't just... He's just like, jump through the window while he was standing there or but like, i think it's probably some bulletproof like, glass yeah. or something probably so. he's but yeah. he's so i mean because it's the terminator it's just this such calm delivery of i'll be back and then ram a car through a wall and in fact i read this the original line was supposed to be i'll come back and arnold <laughs> changed it in the moment and it became the mo- one of the most iconic lines ever 
But let's talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting in this movie. <laughs> because for the most part, I think it's pretty good for a guy who hasn't done much movies and isn't like a trained actor. I, well, I would he's, say maybe this is the best yeah, because, movie but he's, he's done. Because he's not given any emotions. Yeah, he doesn't have to because he's supposed to just be emotionless robot that's just follow, following its mission. But like... As people, we've all been in in plays and stuff like that. Sometimes doing like deadpan delivery can be the hardest when when everything's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And and I find him like it's not just deadpan. Like his coldness and and the emotionless and the fact that he since he's a robot, he does not care what he's doing. It's like his delivery is scary to me almost because it's like mm. it, it's like when Kyle says like he's not going to stop, nothing's going to stop him. He will keep coming forever, basically. Mm-hmm. Like. I think he does a good job of portraying that, even if it's just being an emotionless robot. Now, for me, for the most part, I think you're right that Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing a pretty darn good job for what he's given and his ability in this film. There are a few specific moments where he breaks character slightly uh, because uh, the one I noticed the most prominent was when he's in Sarah Connor's apartment and he is killing her roommate thinking she's Sarah, he bursts through a door, and you can tell that, like, the door didn't open all the way, and so he's kind of having to squish his body through, and you can just read, like, immense discomfort on his face that, like, the robot wouldn't feel in this moment. You would think they would just redo, like, was it too expensive? Did they not have another door? You would think if the, the, the whatever, the prop door they were using didn't work right, they just... Do it again. It didn't yeah, you would think so, but they it spent made it all their the money on cut. exploding the cars. So, sure. <laughs> I think they spent all of their money on that Arnold Schwarzenegger mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I will say, some of the other acting in this movie is has uh, not aged well. Yeah, yeah. The police officers. The, the, most oh, interesting. Because I was gonna say Kyle Reese. Oh, I would say. Uh, he gets better. Him towards the end, I really like him at the very beginning when he's just like. What year is it? What year is it? And it's just like, okay. Okay, wait. If we're talking about acting, what how year? about um, the criminal psychologist guy? He's a nutcase. Yes. yes. <laughs> he doesn't do his job very well, I'll grant you. But I is think as far as a character up? actor, he's doing pretty all right. He shows up like in the second one. What, yeah, what else? He's from I something else. I think he shows else. up in the third one, too. I have seen him Could someplace. Be. I don't remember who he um, is, but... But it's just his... His performance is funny, like his delivery of lines is mm-hmm. funny. It's just so out of character for the rest of the movie. Yes. And it yeah. makes him look like a crazy person. <laughs> Though I wanted to talk about Kyle Reese's uh, character in the film because uh, to me, it is both good casting and terrible casting. So to me, it's good casting in that they found the right guy for the part because Kyle Reese is not a super soldier. He is a grunt on the front lines of this war and he is sent back with one mission. So he doesn't have to be super smart. He doesn't have to be super charming. He's just a guy that got put in a terrible situation. And uh, Michael Bain is displaying that pretty well. But Michael Bain is also kind of boring to watch there's scenes, especially like the chemistry him. between him and Sarah oh, Connor. I didn't I really admit buy that. I, I don't. I don't know if it's because it was an action movie and they didn't give a whole lot of time to that. Like all they really had for that was like, 
the one scene where he's like, I have had your picture forever, which came across real weird. Yeah, I didn't I've really get that I've seen you either. in a picture. I don't have it with me, but I swear I, I have. And I, I love you. I love See, you. Let's I like the I like the idea of this romance. Well, I like the idea of like the the time traveling like doomed lovers. Great idea. Just I don't know if they're like the the romance is secondary. We we got to get this body count up. We'll just throw in a scene that explains it later. Well, and why is it that him explaining that story of I've had one photograph of you and I fell in love with you my whole life and suddenly now she's in love with him? Like, well, to be fair, she was kind of poking around that area leading up to that speech because she specifically asked him well do you what have are a, girls like what are girls do you, like do you, do you have, have a, a girlfriend yeah yeah so she, she was, was kind of interested now granted <laughs> it may be some sort of psychological effect i don't know what the name of it would be but like if you're in an t- intense situation and this guy has saved your life more than once Maybe it's something uh, like well, Stockholm Syndrome or the times. Nightingale Syndrome. Well, it, it it's for kind of both of them because, I mean, he's been in love with them, but she does save him, like, because that comes after the car scene where she keeps them from running into a wall. How she knows how to pull a car stunt like that, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Didn't she just pull and, the and handbrake? She, yeah, but it it, like, does, like, a perfect skid and does not kill flip them. <laughs> that should flip them and probably... Though in that same scene, Kyle Reese goes out. They they specifically got a hotel room with a kitchen. It was very important they got a kitchen. They didn't use the kitchen. And he goes out shopping, she thinks, for dinner and comes back with the materials to make pipe bombs. So what did they have to eat? Are they eating at all on this adventure? Nope. Who needs food when you're well, fighting for takes, your life? It only takes place over what a day right? a day yeah, or like, like a weekend at max so just think about that we she probably have, got something to eat the co- at the police station probably donuts what have you coffee terrible coffee terrible sandwiches yeah so just think about that her life in her mind is going pretty well she has friends she's trying to go on dates she's making money and in the course of a day all of her friends are dead her mom is dead, and she's on the run from a killer robot. Knowing that, in the future, she is living outside of society, off the grid, raising a child that she doesn't yet know. Good story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a response to that. It's just, it's quite harrowing, and she doesn't quite have a choice in the matter, because her future is already determined by the people coming back from it. And she she says that at one point she talks about how she I didn't, didn't ask for yeah, this I didn't choose this it. this is all yeah. like this is all stuff that hasn't happened to me yet a couple mm-hmm. and there's a couple other times where she talks about how the fact that to you this is all past tense is weird yeah like, and a lot of times in these sort of movies they don't acknowledge that so good job Terminator for acknowledging <laughs> that is weird <laughs> all right one note that I had here. How did you guys feel about the music in this film? It was aggressively 80s. It was, to me, aggressively awful. Really? (laughs) Is it the same thing? I I mean, I think Terminator 2 might be a little bit better, but I I haven't seen that in forever either. But I, (sighs) I, yes, it was very 80s. 
Um, so I mean, I me, think it fit the feel of it because they were trying to make it sound mechanized. Okay, because of, I, I because of the machines that. and robot theme of the movie, I think they wanted it to have like a machine sound to the music. Interesting. Yeah, it was described as being wanting to sound like a mechanical man and his heartbeat. Interesting. So. I don't know. It made it. It took me out of the film actually because it was so. It didn't complement some of the scenes it went along with. So, for instance, that John, not John, Kyle Reese scene where he gets in, the cops chase him. This is kind of a tense action moment where the cops are coming after him. He has to hurry, get supplies, and get away. And the music is just like MIDI uh, drums hitting. It's just very hard to listen to. And I couldn't focus on the action that was happening on it's screen. It's interesting you say that. I think the special effects we talked about more pulled me out of the movie than the music ever did. But just because some of them were so obviously not the real thing that it was, mm-hmm. that it just kind of kills it for a few seconds. But I think that might have been. I know we talked. Uh, at the end of the last episode about our recollections of this movie from growing up. And I remember that I didn't really like it much. I thought it wasn't really an action movie because I I didn't remember much about it, apparently. And I liked it a lot better this time around. Hmm. But I think just some of those special effects is what pulls you out of the movie a bit. And once you're kind of into the story or... Once you're able to get over the special effects, I guess, a little bit, it helps you enjoy the story and actually what's going on a bit more. I would say... Does that make sense? I, both of them probably at the time made a lot of sense and they've just aged. Because, yes. like, the, the music sounds like it is 80s. It is 80s techno and there's nothing to do about it. And it's a little less... There's a lot of, like, for sci-fi movies nowadays, you have kind of a... Wow. Sound. <laughs> well, 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 yes, but um try to be more orchestrated, timeless sounding, not like so decade sounding like this one is. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, it's very it's very like techno. It's like the beginning of dubstep like Yeah. So, I agree with you that, that like in Dead its Mouse would have done the one for this if we did a remake. Yeah. So, in its time, this movie was great. I looked it up. It made 12 to 13 times what it cost to make. Uh, it was very iconic. It had a plethora of sequels that we've already talked and touched on a bit. Um, it's got like a book series. I think it's got like a comic book series. On Rotten Tomatoes, for the critics, it has a 100% rating. Yeah. So, like, at the time, this was the cutting edge of technology. This was as good as a film could be. It's just that over time, we've gotten way better at making films like this. And so compared to films of today, it doesn't really hold up. Well, even if you compare it to itself, like if you compare Terminator to Terminator 3 or, or Terminator, I'd say like 3 through 5... There's five now, right? Probably. Yeah. Sure. Like looking at the Science special effects. Science is yet to determine. One, two, three, the four, third five. One. That's how those numbers go. The <laughs> third one is the one I own. The fourth one is the one with Christian Bale, and the fifth one is with the one with Dragon. Right? There's a sure. Dragon Mom. No, Dragon Mom. Um, oh, Daenerys Targaryen. Yes. So sure. five. If if you look at it compared to the later ones, it's the same concept, and you can kind of 
look at how they improved it through the decades. Mm -hmm. Which they did. So to me, this film is iconic. I can see why it caught on and I can see all the references that have gotten pulled from it. But it's been uh, harvested so much that you're not going to go back and find anything new. And the story and the movie itself aren't very surprising anymore because everything is taken from it. So it does belong in like history of film as to this is how movies today got their start. But I don't listen to like my top movies as to films I should go back and see. And we're getting close to Back to the Future territory where the future of Back to the Future was 2015, which we are already past. And the future yes. of this movie is coming up in 12 years. So so it's not that far off. And so far, we don't have that advanced of robots, um, which I believe Kyle said that they will not be that advanced for 40 years or something, he, I think he said, in the movie itself. So yes. we'd have to get some get moving on those robots soon. I think we have... Some nice robotics out there, but not quite to this level <laughs> yet. Yeah, we're not so. we're not building. Well, to an extent, we're building humanoids. I mean, there's that one from Honda, I think. It but doesn't I have human skin and and blood I, vessels wrapping. It's being worked it. on, Mark. It, well, we, they've got to get through the one with the rubber face first, right? Right. True, true. Well, was no, because the robots only made that once the resistance had started. Yeah. So yeah. first we don't of all, have to worry about the skin yet. First of all, we need a Skynet. To take over everything, We're then it close. needs to start a nuclear war. Then we can have humanoid robots. Um, I th- I think the problem is that's going to get pushed off a while because the people who are currently making humanoid robots are mostly making them to be like anime wives. <laughs> yes, I would say True. it's going to be held off because the people currently in power don't believe in science. Well. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get political. Ah, uh, that's fair. Uh, Let's see. So there was a guy I wanted to talk about. Uh, the pawn shop clerk, played by Dick Miller. Did he look familiar to anybody else? No. This the is guy the, who, the, the guy who sold the guns to the Terminator was that and a got pawn shot shop? by him. I thought it was just a gun store. It was just a gun shop. Uh, according to IMDb, he is listed in the credits as pawn shop clerk. Interesting. Hmm. But no, he did not look that familiar to me that I can recall. Okay. To me, um, I know this guy because I loved the film Small Soldiers, and he is also a store owner in that. <laughs> Typecasting. I remember that movie. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's got What's-His-Face in it from... Um, oh, that guy from that thing. Oh. Everwood? Was it Everwood? <laughs> Might be everyone. Is Kirsten Dunst in that movie? Uh, we yeah, are off topic. <laughs> yes, she is. She plays the love interest. Yeah. Uh, but so this gun store owner has terrible store policies in that you need a 15 day wait to get a handgun, but you can have a rifle today. Well, I don't think that's the store's policy. I th- assume that's the is that just yeah. LA's policy? That's always that's a lot of policies I I, for gun owning. Is you have to I wait in period. But yeah, I but it should date, be for all guns. True. 
Um, I think what was interesting to me is that the ammo is sitting right there on the counter where people can reach it. What? (laughs) That is what I. You're not allowed to do that. Oh well, then why did you put this here? (laughs) Whether or not the the policy on guns is true to fact, because no matter what people say, getting a gun is a lot harder than you would think. Um, I say is knowing a lot of people with guns. We live in the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, you, the there is an application process. But, yeah. but There's the a... stupid part is, why do you have the bullets on the counter? Exactly so. To, like, it's not like they need to, I need to look at this. It's not like where you'd have to want to look at a gun and kind of see what features it has. You don't need to just look real close at a bullet. It's yeah, a bullet. you just buy a pack of bullets. Like, you don't need to see, oh, does this gun reload well? Oh, it does. Great. I now have a loaded weapon. I'll be taking this. It's... <laughs> So, yes, he was real dumb, but that would be the point I would think was dumb, is keeping the bullets right there. In an open box. Like, it was just, he just, like, pulled one out like it was, like, a gumball. Yeah, and it surprised me, like, he didn't have a loaded weapon behind the counter to stop this from happening. Now, granted, it wouldn't have helped, but he should have had one. Yeah, you would think so. I Uh, mean... While we're on the topic of ammo... Yeah, Kyle Reese stole a shotgun from a police cruiser at the beginning uh-huh. of the movie. Several times, he wastes all of his ammo shooting at the Terminator, which he has already established can't be killed. And then he reloads the gun over and over, mm-hmm. but it never shows him getting any more ammo. So I don't know where he gets all this extra stuff to reload the gun with. He's got Luke magic drops. pockets. Oh, more Luke magic. Drops. We're yes. back to the magic again. A little bit of movie um. magic for you, Mark. <laughs> My question is: At one point, he he saws it. He he makes it yes. into a sawed-off shotgun. Yeah. Well, he saws the 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 stock, not the barrel. Well, oh yeah, right, but... so he can hide it under his arm. Right. Or yes. he, Otherwise, yeah. he wouldn't have been. Where able did to he fit. get the saw? I think it just m- must have been in the store. I don't know. That was more okay. magic. Yeah, because he he breaks into what's more or less a mall to clothe himself, do a little Nike product placement. Yes. And... <laughs> I presume get the saw to saw off the gun he stole from the police cruiser. I don't know where you'd get a saw in a mall, though. I've never bought one in a mall. Home improvement store, like a um, there a could Sears, be a hardware store, a Sears robot. Oh, I guess a, a Sears would. Thank you. Yeah, Gimbals. they were very prominent. <laughs> yeah, in the eighties, before they they bought um, Kmart and went bankrupt like three times. Yeah, it's not I think great. They're going- I think they're going bankrupt again. So it all comes back around. We're back in the 80s. <laughs> Hooray. Appropriate. Oh, no. Our computers will go terrible. And our music will be awful. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is, and, like, I get kind of why she does it. But at one point, Sarah is the biggest idiot in the world. It's when they're in the one hotel point. room. And she gets a call from what she thinks is her mother. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I feel bad, Mom. I'm to- We're on the run, but I'm totally going to tell you. Even though you're running from what is sentient technology, you think they can't, like, figure out how to hack a phone or something, even if it was the mother. Yes. They would be able to... Well, the thing of it was the mom was living out in a cabin kind of removed from society, and she wasn't... She didn't know that the Terminator had her address book, which is how he finds the mom. But you would still think, like, tell... No one anything. Yeah, don't tell them where you are. Tell them that you love them and that you're safe. That is all they're interested in. And she, even when she hangs up, she looks slightly confused. Like, for a moment she thinks, well, maybe it's not my mom. Hmm. Also, 
if she it, doesn't like tell like, the Terminator where she is, it doesn't. You can't set up the final chase and finish the movie. Yes. So, <laughs> well, you could have, but it would have gone probably a lot better, and Kyle might not have died. There's um, an alternative way to do that. Uh, for instance, she needs to buy something and uses a credit card. He tracks it somehow and gets where they're located from that, because you know he's a computer. So there's other ways to do it where she's not directly giving information to him, but she's also doing something dumb that Kyle would warn her against. And it does seem like at the time they were making a bunch of explosives. Like, yeah, they were maybe stocking up for a last stand sort of move, but where they had the advantage. Yeah. Also, those explosives are largely wasted. Like, yes. Kyle is not a great soldier in that he weighs bullets on a Terminator he knows can't die from bullets. And then he is awful at throwing these pipe bombs, which apparently he learned how to make and use as a child. Also, the fact that the pipe bombs explode into basically smoke and no explosion at all. <laughs> so. Well, there is that. But yeah, he it tries was made, to that hit might a have guy. been just a practical effect thing. He tries to hit a guy on a motorcycle with a pipe bomb. What is the best case oh. scenario there? <laughs> Sorry, Especially when you're in traffic with a bunch of innocent civilians driving by. <laughs> For some reason, my other part that I found really funny was another part where it's still involving a car is when the Terminator gets hit by the truck, yeah. by the semi. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It, it reminded me of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. It's a good crossover. Because you're like, it, or they do it in Mean Girls too, where someone just out of nowhere gets hit by a car. <laughs> But it's just like, there's this moment where it seems real serious and he's coming and he's coming just flattened by the truck. Yeah, it's one of the times where you think he might be seriously injured or, you know, possibly dead. But no, he just like puts his feet down, pulls the truck to a stop and then steals the truck. So what my he question is about this part, right? Yeah. When when he, after this, the the driver of the truck gets out and tries to check on him or whatever. And he kills that guy and gets in the truck to steal it and mm -hmm. tells the other guy, get out. But then... What he's got all of his makeup on, right? So you see his robot eye and scratches mm -hmm. all over his skin so you can see the robot through the skin. Right. At this point, it is actually Arnold acting. So yeah. why could they not do that during the eyeball removal scene earlier instead of having the terrible fake Arnold face? I don't well, know. Because I think they wanted him to, like, when he is doing that part, I'm like, he's really, like, sticking that thing into his his eye hole well to pull that thing out the way that they do that is not too bad because he he either has like a scalpel or a uh, box cutter thing yeah. yeah uh to get in there and cut out his eye but as he's approaching his eye you can tell that like there's no blade on it he just has the stick but but it might be the fact that they had to do the thing where they pop out the eye yeah. is why they needed the mask thicker I think, so that they had that little compartment. I think they also wanted the scene where you see the red eye animated and like all the gears going on behind it. And I'm not sure mm -hmm. that the um, the face prosthetic he wears in that scene would do that. And it's a bit farther away. So it's yeah. it's just a close up versus a mid distance effect. Sure. <laughs> yeah but why don't we go on why don't we go on to the third act uh which to me is where this picks up because for a large majority of the film i was just straight bored 
And so that's, because, that's what I remembered about this when we did our recap last time was just I remembered that it seemed like nothing was happening for a really long time. Yeah. And there was just five minutes of action at the end. Because it's Kyle and Sarah on the run for a bunch of the movie. Yeah, it, the, the Terminator's there. He's wrecking stuff. But a lot of times they're just in a car and talking and it's not inherently interesting to watch. Where, well, a lot of times they're not even talking. They're just, like, glaring at each other. Yeah. And this goes on for far too long and bores the crap out of me. Where this thing picks up for me is when the Terminator walks away from the explosion of the tanker and it is just the metal skeleton. Because uh. say what you will about the other effects, that metal skeleton still looks friggin' sweet. It does. Well, even the stop motion, like... If this was a movie where there was more stop motion or something, it's still good stop motion. Yeah, like, it's still frightening to watch this thing with a human skull made of metal with glowing red eyes, like, slowly inch towards you. Because if you see Arnold, they tell you through context of the film that he's indestructible, but he still looks human. You still, you don't get the sense that he is unstoppable. When I see the robot, I definitely get that sense that this is a machine coming after you and nothing is going to stop it with conventional warfare. Something else I had thought of is if you're making an infiltrator robot, why give it bright red eyes and why does that not show through in a fake human eyeball? Great question. Why is it susceptible to dogs? Who's to say? Well, I think, I it's, think a it's, dog could smell that it's not actually a I human. I think it's maybe a playoff of, like, there's the thing about how dogs can sense, like, ghosts. Oh. Yeah. Dogs and animals can sense ghosts, and so maybe it's a playoff of and that. And robots with the whole dog ghosts. Well, they <laughs> it's can a just robot sense ghost. something that looks human but isn't human. Yeah. Like, I, well, they, they just know something is wrong. All right. Red you, is always I, known as the evil color, though, so I can like, see red eyeballs. I but, mean, this could just be me coming up with a good explanation for it that they did not think of when they made this movie. Now, Sarah, you've known dogs, especially trained pet dogs. Would they yes. sense a robot or would they sense, hey, here's someone who could feed and pet me. Love me, please. Well, one of my dogs is very suspicious. So <laughs> I think I think that one would definitely okay, find a robot. But she would give you false positives. It's true. But I, I think <laughs> it's she a robot. Would, Kill she, it. No. By your Oops. dog's reckoning, I am a robot. Yes, that's true. You are. Everyone like, who it doesn't dogs, know is a robot. <laughs> dogs can smell cancer, so maybe they can smell robots. <laughs> maybe. Tough to say in this universe. Mm. I, I am not James Cameron. I do not know the answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, so in the final fight scene, they go to this factory, as we said earlier, and like he turns on all the machines because apparently the robot sees an infrared and it would camouflage them a bit. This doesn't work at all the robot finds them almost immediately i also am curious as to what factory this is because i mean it doesn't make stuff automatically you still have to stand there and press things for things to go i mean i don't know it I just i've never worked in a factory there to are, me, well, I, there are there could be automate because some of them were like robot arms and stuff that that could be automated or programmed to do specific tasks it's just for me, this kind of took me out of it because it is very much Hollywood backlot, generic factory. 
Because yes. we don't see any of the products coming out of it either. We just see occasionally things move and press together. Oh, and I was yelling at the screen when at the very final thing, Sarah Connor is escaping from the Terminator, who is now half a man, uh, because John Reese has John Reese, John Kyle Reese <laughs> has used his final pipe bomb to blow away its midsection. Uh, and I was yelling at her when she got into the hydraulic press. If you're escaping from something, don't crawl into a hydraulic press. This is a very dangerous area to be in. Well, maybe it, that's but as you far just as she said, could get. Didn't she have like a broken leg? You just said yourself that none of it works without pushing a button. Right. So imagine <laughs> if she didn't know where the controls were, I don't think. So imagine she crawls in there, the Terminator spies, oh, the controls are on my end, red button, end of movie. I think... Though earlier, while they were running, she accidentally triggered the same press, so I think she knew what was going on at that point. I don't. I also think that was just how far she could like pull herself because she did have was her leg broken. She or got something like yeah. shrapnel or something. So she from got the injured by the same pipe so bomb that like... killed Kyle and blew away half of the robot. So she's just like shoving herself backwards at that point. Yeah. So. I don't put it past the factory to have redundant controls. This was perhaps the most dangerous thing she could have done when escaping a robot. But it worked. Well, I mean, doing nothing would be just as dangerous. But she could also just <laughs> run outside, show people... She could not hey, run! She can't run! All right, Come on, she Carl. could Her get outside and say, Hey, people, robot, look, robot, and at least have witnesses and not end up in an insane asylum in the next film. It's true. So Sarah Connor now, has some problems. Now that we're at this point, what yeah. I find, I guess not funny, but ironic, is the fact that the only way they can kill the machine that's after them is by using another machine to destroy it. But a stupider machine. Much well, stupider. it's it's a it's a machine from the past, not from the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty interesting because for the most part they do go to this old trope of storytelling where it's nature versus not nature versus nature or nurture rather but nature versus machine where technology is taking over natural life and trying to replace it and destroy it but yeah you're right to win the battle they have to use machines of their own era to defeat the machine from a future one it's interesting. So the last scene we get is her escaping into the Mojave Desert. Why? Because Kyle told her that's where she needed to be. Uh, and her stopping to get gas. I think this gas station shows up in a lot of the sequels, as do the Nike shoes. But yeah, she, she haggles down uh, this Mexican child for a photo. <laughs> It's a very expensive photo. To be photo. fair, he It's $5 for an instant He tried photograph. to tell her she was going to get he was going to get beaten if she did yeah, that. <laughs> oh, you're going to get beaten? Like, I'm sorry, 5's not good enough. 4 is 4 okay? Well, Will that stop you, you could, getting beaten? You could obviously tell it was like Yeah, it's a a, a sales tactic and she's like, "Good job. Have $4." <laughs> uh, but it's the picture from the that picture Kyle that Kyle is yes, carrying it around. is the ev the eventual picture that Kyle gets and loses when an infiltrator comes in. Oh, we should talk about that because we see in a flashback 
Uh, Kyle is in a human camp. He has the photograph of Sarah Connor, which is how he recognizes her when he goes back in time. But there's an infiltrator who comes into that base and starts shooting everyone. It happens to be a friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is also a bodybuilder. We don't get the explanation of how... He's also a robot. <laughs> yeah. We don't get the explanation of how Kyle escaped that. Because the robot's just Magic. shooting everything, and Kyle dives to the floor. Well, we also had the flash back, flash forward, however that sure. works in this movie, where he got in a car crash, and he's trapped in the car while it's on fire, and then he wakes up. So I, I don't know if he was dreaming that, or if it was a flashback dream thing um but my fan theory that was was that the flashback when he sees the weird drill thing yes yes because okay. he gets it when seeing a piece of 1984 drilling technology yeah though a possible fan theory i have is that the universe is protecting him because the universe despises a paradox and he needs to go back in time to keep the timeline steady uh another fan theory i had is like so putting aside his flash forwards, flashbacks, what have you, if we go just from his story and what we see, could this be like the craziest wingman try to get your dream girl strategy where you send back a killer robot that won't really kill you. It'll just come and chase the girl so you can go back and save her and be with her. So if you just got rid of all the murder, right. this is a romantic comedy. Kind of, yeah. And like the third act could be her learning that this was all Kyle's plan from the beginning to get her to fall in love with him. Oh, and then you have the the, the disagreement fight that leads up to the big, like, Kyle would have to do something to really get on good terms again. Like the big show of affection but, to ooh, get through the ooh, fight. Okay, or but this... <laughs> This or doesn't this, work or the, because yes, it, it's he, flawed. I grant you. No, because because he has already met his son in the future, so he doesn't need to try to pick her up because he knows that he's going to have. But he, he needs doesn't, his son to send him back in time. I don't. He doesn't think know he that knows. it's his son. He doesn't he, know it, that he's the father. He doesn't. He does not. Yeah. But he still has but Kyle to be does, in right. order for no, that to work. No, so. not John, Kyle, knows. John Kyle knows. Kyle does. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, the third act could also be like they fight, but the Terminator has a glitch and is now actually trying to kill Sarah. And she doesn't believe it because it was all just play before. But now it's actually trying to kill her. And so Kyle has to come back and save her one last time. And he gets the girl. I'd, I'd watch this movie. So if we Mark eliminate like... The actual story of the future, <laughs> and we eliminate all the sequels. Yeah, I think that could be happening here. So this is Carl's new reboot for this yes. series. Oh my god, uh, the Lovinator, or <laughs> the Lovinator, <laughs> the Love Machine. Yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> Terminator oh six through nine, the Love Machine. <laughs> oh. Alright, on that note, let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, where we try to describe the movie to a Hollywood producer or a person who's never seen it in the form of it's this movie meets this movie. So I'm going to start us off here. Uh, so... Because this is a movie with a robot 
with installed human parts, trying to blend into a society he doesn't fully understand, and a movie with a relentless killer trying to achieve a single-minded goal, police assuming the protagonists are crazy, and the big bad being defeated in a factory, it is Bicentennial Man meets Child's Play. Good. So, um... Okay, so this movie has protecting a woman who holds the key to the survival of humanity. Also, it has human robot cyborgs. Uh, and then it's also a movie about time travel, going back in time in order to change or preserve the future. So I have the movie Cyborg meets <laughs> the movie Time Cop. <laughs> Forgot about Time Cop. Is that Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yes. Yeah. All right, Sarah, what you got? Um, because it is a cyborg and an unstoppable killing machine, I did Bicentennial Man meets Predator. Uh, <laughs> yes. There I thought about Predator also because it's Arnold killing a bunch of things, but I, oh, right. I didn't use that, so... Uh, so my second one, because this is a movie featuring a dystopian Los Angeles and a humanoid robot's nearly indistinguishable from the real thing, and a movie with a man engineered to be an assassin who is ordered to kill a woman but is unable to do so, it is Blade Runner meets Hitman. Yes. So I have the next one, a movie where the hero and villain are have traveled through time and are trapped there to decide the future of humanity and also it's a movie that involves robots and time travel again so it is star trek the 2009 version meets future war which i'm sure no one has ever heard of but <laughs> now look it up have you heard of these mark I have okay. actually. Um, I told I told Sarah while you were gone, Future War, yeah, is actually on an episode of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Ah, all right. Uh, which I would recommend because it's one of the best episodes that I've seen. So, <laughs> our second game is the alternate tagline, something you would see on the movie poster for this film, uh, which encapsulates the theme of the movie, but intentionally misses the point so for instance the actual taglines of the terminator are the terminator the thing that won't die in the nightmare that won't end and the terminator your future is in his hands so i wanted to play a game here because i found taglines that went along with a different movie and I want to see if you guys can guess which one it is. So these are okay. three taglines taken from the same movie that is not The Terminator, but it works for The Terminator. So okay. those taglines are, be afraid of the future. The fight for the future begins. And the future isn't user friendly. I, the, the, the second one sounds familiar, but I yes. can't. War games. <laughs> Mark, you got a guess? I got nothing. I know it, they sound familiar. It's the same thing she said, but I I can't think of anything. All right. All I, guesses are wrong. The The correct answer, which I don't know how you would have got this, is The Matrix. Uh, uh, yep. Right. All right. But okay. let's go into our fakety-fake ones for The Terminator. 
Uh, so my first one here uh, encapsulates how I felt about the soundtrack. It is the Terminator. If he doesn't kill you, the music certainly will. <laughs> okay. So mine is not necessarily a fake one, but it alludes to our conversation about the cyclical nature of time in this movie. All right. The Terminator, the past begins in the future. Ooh. All right. I'll get behind that. <laughs> Mine's pr- pretty straightforward. Mine is just Terminator. Everyone dies. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. My second one uh, has a double meaning and also a curse word. It is the... <gasps> How dare not you? Carl. I, know, I know, guys. I'm sorry. But it is... Carl never curses. <laughs> It's the Terminator, dicking of destiny. Um, okay, so as long as we're going with the explicit taglines. Yeah, here, go for it. Disclaimer, this may be edited out afterwards, but I it may not be. So we'll will see. the disclaimer if it does. It's true. So, the Terminator, hashtag robot lives matter. Ooh. Ooh. Machines need love too. She does say that in the movie. <laughs> yes, she does. Robots do need love too. All right. I think See, it, see, that's I think a- it it skirts a line and we're not going to go into whether or not it is racist. It will just exist and let's not talk about it. Um our third game is TV Guide Game, a description of the plot of the film, which you may find in a TV guide or a Netflix description uh, that, again, intentionally misses the point. So, again, I'm going to start us off here. So, The Terminator. It's a movie with a young soldier getting a brief reprieve from the action to finally meet and fall in love with the woman of his dreams, while a robot tries to cocklock him. (laughs) Mine weirdly is... Go ahead. Has similar themes. <laughs> is man falls in love with an old dead woman, uses high-tech science to make a love connection. Nice. Nice. Mine is the opposite of <laughs> what you did, because I decided to focus on the villain instead. A robot struggles desperately to complete the only task for which it was created, but after several disappointing attempts, it is crushed to learn that it has failed its oh. mission. Oh, oh. bad. Oh. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's... Oh, dear. Oh, boy. Oh, golly. I I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> All right. My second one. The Terminator. It's a story where the hero of the film robs from the poor, punches out a policeman, steals a car, and shoplifts, while the heroine shortchanges a Mexican child for the most important photograph of her life. <laughs> um... My second one is just, in this action movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a jerk to cars. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's true. <laughs> That's true. There's, he does crash. Don't forget the a, motorcycle. There's a car count, a vehicle count as high as the body count. I don't know if I'd go that far. There were a lot of bodies in this one. Uh, I don't. I, I, think that, I have no accurate. more. So if anybody else has more of these TV yes. guides, you if you keep hated, going. if you hated ours, mostly Marks, uh, please write in with your own, so that we can perform them on air, and you can see just how very hard this is. 
All right, but we are going to go on to ratings. Our first rating is our potato scale, which gives you the emotional state you will be in after seeing this movie. So what did you guys figure out for The Terminator? What is it in terms of potatoes? I definitely I did not did even think oven. of this one. <laughs> well, I will say mine while you look online. Mine was oven baked potato, which is that it takes a while to get started. Mm-hmm. It definitely is a, a very slow burner. And it, it didn't bother me as much as it seemed to have bothered you guys. But it definitely does for a very long time. I, I would say for like the first 20 minutes, there's like two lines of dialogue. Like no one talks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just walk around and try to find clothes. And so like... You gotta, you gotta hang with it a little bit. Well, it, 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 it's more atmospheric at the beginning than it is actually any action. Even before that part, it's just text on the screen to tell you the story. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, all right, my rating is along the same terms. Um, I don't think you're giving enough credit to how very long this takes to. Uh, <laughs> affect you in any meaningful way like i was bored for a very long time i did say it didn't bother me as much as it bothered that's you fair so i'm going to double up in your rating this is two oven baked potatoes <laughs> it takes a real long time to get interesting uh also the effects i think can go along with potatoes with eyes where they have spoiled with age yeah well and carl i don't know if you're overlooking one of our ratings which was a raw potato which just says bland mm. that um would certainly go along with this yeah it, it would although although i don't know who added them there are the areas of the movie which were good so i feel like i don't know if bland as an overall rating really fits so i'm going to agree with both of you that the oven baked potatoes t- and it takes way too long to get started um yeah, and that's about all I've got. They, I would probably say about exactly the same as Carl, is that it's just really slow getting started, but it, and it has its moments, but so, yes, the effects have spoiled with age. So, <laughs> All right, let's go on to our second rating scale, which is a more traditional 0 to 10 scale, telling you about the rewatchability of this film. So what do you guys have for The Terminator? You're going to disagree with me, because I still... I... I'm okay with a lot more just nothing happening for a while and just letting it be atmospheric and slow, slow build, which you guys apparently could not <laughs> handle that explains her love one. of the extended versions of Lord of the Rings. It's true. <laughs> you got to do extended or nothing at all. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. Like in Lord of the Rings where people got really bored, I'm like, no, I'm perfectly happy to have 10 minutes of them panning over this mountain. It's fine. <laughs> um so that didn't bother me that much. So I think I'd still give it like an eight. I still really enjoyed it. I, I think there are some parts of it I liked more watching it now than I watched when I watched it before. And I think it's historically significant to film. And that but- I, I would rate it even if I wouldn't necessarily myself watch it again for a while. I feel like everyone who is a sci-fi fan has to watch it at least once. I think it's become the foundation of so many trends for science fiction and and so much has been built off of it if you're a real science fiction fan you have to watch it at least once i i could i understand that but i feel like our rating is supposed to be about the movie itself not as I, cinema I genre say, as a i whole. really liked it 
I still really liked it. I wasn't bored like you guys. I think, and and I've mentioned this a few times already that that when we did our what we remembered of this um, in the last episode, that I was not very high on this movie. I probably would have given it maybe a four or a five at the time, just because I wasn't sure I liked it that much. I after rewatching it, I have increased that a bit. I would probably give it six and a half (laughs) um i would go lower than that except for the reasons that sarah said it is very iconic and other films have used stuff from this there are lots of things that reference it since then that you may not understand if you have not seen this movie except that it's referenced so often that you probably know those things anyway so um it it just is not something i would probably choose to watch a lot or that I would fall in love with but it 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 does have its high points and I think I would recommend watching it just not as highly as other films okay so I'm gonna disagree on the basis of our rating scale now you guys have your own interpretations and that's fine for me is this film iconic absolutely it should go in the history of film as being the influence for a lot of other movies but To me, this scale is more about, should I go back and watch it? Is it fun? I still said I would go back and watch it. I had those two separate from each other. I understand. But, so for me, the the fact that it is a science fiction icon is not factoring into it. I didn't have fun watching this. I thought the main hero was a bit stale and hard to watch, gave weird line deliveries. I thought Sarah Connor was great. I thought Arnold did a fine job with what he was given. I thought Linda Hamilton gave some real weird line delivery, too. I would have said the opposite. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, I think Arnold was fine with what he was given. I think the, the final robot looked great, though some of the other effects didn't hold up. But I also found the soundtrack to be aggressively awful. So I'm not sure if you need to see this. There's enough other ways. Like, you can read reviews on it, or you can read things that have been written on it to get your cultural touchstone. You don't need to watch this. It's been referenced so much that you're not going to get anything new from it. (laughs) Fake nerd! Fake nerd! So I, as far as should you go back and watch this movie, I'm going to give it a four. I don't think it's worth it. I have to say this is the second movie we've done fairly recently where you were like one of the things that really killed it for you was the music because you said the same thing about Tarzan. Uh, So Tarzan was a bit different because he was narrating what was going on. Whereas this one, the soundtrack was pulling me out of the action because it didn't match what I was seeing on screen. Yeah, but apparently you just, you have a thing for music. It just I, I only ever notice it if it pulls me out. Which is funny because I, I notice, notice it, it when I really good. like it. Yeah. Ah. If it's if it's just eh, I don't notice. It's it. It true. Just fades into the background for me. I, I the only time like it really bothered me in this movie was in the club scene, and I think that was okay because it was the '80s and a club yes. so it's gonna be awful music. I, well, and what I think is interesting here is that Sarah and I, who have both seen it before. I don't know what her rating would have been when she saw it when she was younger, but my rating increased after watching it a second time, oh, and you having mine... never seen it before give it a pretty low rating, which is interesting to me. Most The only thing that decreased, most of it increased, like the action, the, the whole thing. The only thing that decreased for me was the love story. I remember that yeah. being a lot more romantic the first time I saw it. <laughs> Not them just banging in a hotel room? Yeah. I still like the idea, but it just was... 
a little awkward. It didn't get built up very well to begin yeah, with. Yeah, the idea just, of it, it just is, sort of happened, and then he dies. So. The idea of it is that they're time-crossed lovers. But yeah, you're right. They don't develop that story much at all. Uh, anyway, why don't we go on to... Sarah, you have chosen the next movie that we are going to do. I have. Uh, let's see. So how would you like to reveal it to us? Does it connect to Terminator in some way? It does not. I will give you one <sighs> I was hint. hoping we would just go on and do Terminator 2 so that I could watch that no. again. No, I already told you I don't no. like Terminator 2. <laughs> um, I, I will tell you it is in no way connected and my one hint that I will give will probably help you none, and so I will give you another hint. I'll just point out that if, I was going to do one terrible. at one point that wasn't connected at all, and I you was told that it had it. to. You did one that wasn't connected, Mr. Hook. Yeah, please tell me. Well, also, please tell me how this connects well, to Lilo Well, I thought it did, but uh, it turns out that should have been Terminator 2. But uh, fair <laughs> enough. The main, the, uh, somewhat of Somebody the got antagonist run gets run over by a semi or a 18 So that is kind of the same. Oh, thank you. Okay, so my hint for you is this this movie has been readapted to another format very recently. So, like, it's a, it was originally a movie, and it's been readapted into another format. And it's this has been within, I guess, the last year. And it has very recently just been nominated for a couple awards within its categories. All right. Are we doing 20 questions then? Yes. Right. That was my hint for you. Good. It won't help you because you don't. At some point, we're going to have to start thinking of a new game to play. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. good news is these, these go along long enough for us to make other episodes of. Okay. It's true. All right. So. If you're really sneaky, you can probably see the reflection of it in my ha! glasses. <laughs> uh, is it animated? It is animated. Is it Disney? It is not Disney. Mm-hmm. Is it? I will give you the hint that it is the one other studio that did animated things in the 90s. Shoot. It, it, was that DreamWorks? D- DreamWorks? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's DreamWorks. All right. What did DreamWorks do? <laughs> to me, they were unrelevant until they did until How to Shrek. Train the Dragon. Oh, Shrek, Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> oh, wait, I take it back. It's not DreamWorks. Oh, well, that's <laughs> great. It's Fox. Sorry. Oh. That didn't help you it anyway. Didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what it was. Um... Hmm. Fox making Fox. animated things. All right. Apparently, Fox only did two, and they're by the same person. Hmm. I will I... give you a hint. The person who created this movie has done a movie we have already reviewed. Okay. Okay. He's it. Very very famous. Could it be Don Bluth? It is Don Bluth. Okay. Uh, let's just go down Don Bluth movies I know. It's Don Bluth, it's Fox, and it's been recently adapted into another format. Uh, See, I don't know. Successfully. I don't know super recent things. I Um, don't either. So, okay, Um, is it, are the stars animals in this animated feature? There are some animal sidekicks, but they are, the main characters are human. Okay, Mm, main characters are human. Dang it. I was going to say American Tale, but... Yeah, I was going to no. say All Dogs Go to Heaven. Well, look at us go. Neither of those have gotten adapted recently. It's true. That's that what I, I couldn't think of. Um, okay. Uh, so, it's a film. They've got to go on an adventure for something. Uh, so, let's look into the adventure. Um, so, 
is someone captured? Is that why, is that the inciting incident for the adventure? No. No? <laughs> I, Have I will you tell seen you this the, film? Yeah. Well, I, it's, she's not captured. She, okay. Oh. The, the main character is female. Okay. It's, it's an animated 90s movie. I will tell you the format it recently got adapted into was a play. Well, a musical. Uh, that is not and got no- helpful. And it got nominated for two Tonys. Hmm. Okay. Um, is it, you guys is it so traditional bad. hand-drawn animation? Well, in the 90s, yes, it probably was. Well, they were also experimenting like with I some computer-generated stuff. Well, yes, no. but from Fox, it, yeah. It... This, is, this is pretty traditional. Okay. Pretty traditional. <laughs> for... From what I can remember, what it looks like, <laughs> I can tell you its its voice actors were very famous and are still famous. Okay, so let's just name off all the famous people we know. <laughs> How do you not know any Don Bluth movies that involve humans? I well, wouldn't have known Don Bluth movies. In yeah, the first I don't place. know if I would have identified oh. them as Don Bluth movies. Yes, you to guys. me, he did like he did Oliver and Company. He did All Dogs Go to Heaven. He did not do Oliver. No, and Oliver and Company is a Disney Shoot. movie. Golly, he did All Dogs Go to Heaven. He did American Tale. He did The Secret of Nim. He did The Lamb Before Time. All right, yeah. so like a he lot did of not, he did a, a couple lot of things that are already on our list. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, hmm, is do you want another hint? Yes. It's based on a historical situation. Okay, okay. Uh, is that historical situation a war? Uh, technically, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's more the aftermath of a war. Okay, is it the aftermath normally, of World War II? No, think earlier. Is it the aftermath of World War I? <laughs> Slightly earlier. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it was nineteen oh something. Uh shoot. Mark, name oh, other war things. Take it back, take it back. Slightly after Slightly after World War One. Okay. Yes. But before World War Two. It's 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 about the time <laughs> same time period as oh. those. But it's not a world war. Oh, uh, oh yeah, well. It is right, specific but, to a country. Okay. Right. To um, one country. Is, it, is the United States. It is not the United All right. States. We, we removed that. We no, were no, not no. having a wait, war wait. in like the <laughs> yeah, yeah, 19 yeah. teens. Uh, wait. Was it Russia? It was yes. Russia. So, was right. it one of the ones you just named 10 is it seconds Anastasia? ago? It is Anastasia. There you go. I All would right. not have known that was Don Bluth, actually. It was Don yeah, Bluth. Yeah, I would not know that was Don Bluth either. I also would not have known that it was Fox. But yeah, it's funny, because I in our Land Before Time episode... Well, I thought it was I, DreamWorks, and so I was wrong. Well, and I, I know that of like 90% of the world thinks that's a Disney movie, too, and at least right. I knew that that wasn't true. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but I it, wouldn't have it known not. it was Fox. When we did Land Before Time, I linked it to Anastasia, because they both feature a small flying creature who's a bit of a fast talker loudmouth well they are both don Bluth, yeah though Interesting. he does have certain well most directors have certain tropes that they have in everything mm-hmm. i do know that i really liked this movie well i i i liked parts of this movie all right i remember also the that music. gives us another excuse to sing the rasputin song <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yes because he is obvious bad guy in this movie with kind of like is, a rat face is, not entirely historically he's, he's accurate. Like a blue, 
It is not historically <laughs> no. accurate. I at mean, all. I'm sure he had magical powers in real life. Uh-huh. Well, to be fair, they tried to kill him about five times before he finally died, so maybe he is magic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he gets touted as this unkillable character. Was which... he like a weird color? <laughs> he was. Kind of. He I don't believe and he summoned he didn't demons, look I human. Think. He kind of looks like he's a Russian version of of, of Evil um, Jafar. Jafar. Yes, ah, yeah, Evil okay. Jafar from when he was in the he, dungeon with his old He's got the goatee and the like thing. pointy, angry face. I feel like yes, the old man Jafar from yes, being in the um, dungeon. But the, this oh, did just right. recently get turned into a musical and got nominated for two. Yes, Tony. interesting. And I, that sounds familiar now that you say it. Oh, was this? I want to go. Was see this it. Meg Ryan? Yes. Meg Ryan, and John Cusack, yes, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, Angela Lansbury. Played probably the grandma. Yeah. I All would right. not have known any of those. So let's go over what we remember <laughs> about the plot. Uh, Anastasia is a princess in Russia who is uh, she's orphaned? in hiding. She's in I think hiding. She's in hiding because Rasputin well, tried to kill orphan. the family. So yeah. she is an orphan. So like historically, they all she's die. a missing yes. princess who doesn't know that she's a princess. She carries yes. a medallion around her neck that identifies her as such, but of course she doesn't know what it means. She just has it. But she is hired to fake being the princess, but then turns out to actually be the princess. What? Yes. Is yes. this like the, the John oh, John Cusack God. character hires her to pretend to be the, the princess so he can get money Christopher for Christopher Lloyd is also in this. Um <laughs> And then, then what happened? She uh, pretended to be Rasputin the princess, is obvious and bad throughout guy. the process, she learns that she's the real There's, princess. She, and she learns that Dimitri was the one that saved her. Yes, because he was like a like a servant boy in the well, and that's that's why they chose her because she looked so much like the princess would as an older oh, version this, of herself. Yeah. <laughs> this has very Adam's family ring to it with their uncle Fester, also with Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Um, but I remember loving the music in okay. this. Okay. There's, there's the one song that plays... Ra, ra, um, Rasputin. <laughs> ra, ra, no. Rasputin. That's how it goes, right? Yes. Yes, that one. <laughs> um, no, it's the... Once Upon a December. Yeah. I couldn't sing along with it. I think I've seen this a few years ago because I was interested into it. Um, I think it was fine. I, I don't I remember, remember being, the- like, overjoyed or amazed by it. That's because you weren't, like, a... When did this come out? 97. 97. So I was, I was nine, a nine-year-old girl okay. watching a movie about becoming, becoming like, an no- ordinary girl becoming a princess. I'm like, this so is like great. So, like, The Princess Diaries. Yes. But with Yeesh. more uh, civil unrest. <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, I remember takeovers. liking it, but probably not because it was about a girl becoming a princess. I probably liked it more about the action scenes and the guy defending her from the evil guy. Mm-hmm. I remember Dimitri being pretty like this rogue charmer. Yeah, sort of. okay. it's kind of like Flynn Rider of the 90s. Which, <laughs> which is my, that's my jam, guys. Oh, the, the roguish archetype? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's my jam. All right, I can um, dig it. 
Um, but but the the Once Upon a December song, like I remember it being so popular. I think a bunch of ice skaters danced to it, hmm. like at the Olympics oh, around that oh, time. Oh, oh, not in the movie. Okay, I remember the no. scene. Well, there was like point. she yeah. shows up in the ballroom, and there's a bunch of ghost people dancing in the ballroom. Right, yeah, she's well, remembering she, her it, childhood. It triggers, yes, it triggers a memory. The the song in the jewelry box is what kind of starts to trigger her memory. Okay. And it's one of the things that proves to her grandmother is that she knows the song. Yeah. I think. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's been a while since I'm I at a real that. loss for this one because I don't really remember any of it. I don't like... You think the one thing you would remember about a film like this is how the villain gets defeated because that's the third act and I have Doesn't no he, idea. He falls into I the remember... water and gets frozen. There's like frozen river and he falls in or something, I think. No, and gets stuck in like, like a Lego thing. Harry Potter ice cube. I think. Well, are, I like, think he the, falls. The in, I think like fight. some of his demons suck him down into the river. Or yeah, something. Uh, there's something magically. I I know the whole final fight takes place on a, like a bridge area. Yeah. Okay. That I remember. I remember there's a small bat creature yes. vo- voiced by Hank Azaria. Who oh, is it? Okay. I, I always so, wanted to say Robin Williams, but that's Fergully. Yes. So. <laughs> right. It's another trope for this, uh, but. Yeah, I remember you seeing. You small animal sidekick. I remember seeing this movie. It was a thing in I the think 90s. when it came out because I had a little plush of the the bat character who would uh, some of his lines. Bartok. Bartok. Uh, let's see if anything comes up for Bartok lines. Uh, Bartok quotes in OO cities. Yeah, he had some funny lines. I remember that. I don't um, know if they're hold up. They may have just been no, like probably not, but I liked them at the time. Something that a kid would identify as though that's probably a joke. Yeah, I can't find any good ones. All right. He's well, just one of those like not bumbling, but he's the villain sidekick comedy character. He's the <laughs> what's the parrot? Iago. Yes. Iago. Yeah, another <laughs> He looks like Jafar. He has a bumbling sidekick. It's it's basically Jafar got reincarnated yeah. in uh, Russia. Czarist Russia. It's now unkillable. I guess it's slightly after Czarist Russia. Yeah. Maybe this is Jafar in the future the after he's dead. become a genie. Oh, jeez, Louise. Anyway, why don't we finish off here? So let's do our final segment, which is guys, I learned something today. So watching the Terminator, uh, it points out that in 12-ish, no, 15 years, uh, in 2029, we will be in living in small human societies protecting ourselves from robots. So, what I learned is a few tips to keep yourself safe. Number one, always have a dog. It's just a good idea for the most part, and it's going to protect you from robots, so why not get a dog? Just, like, have a dog. What's wrong? Get a dog. Do you need my advice? Just get a dog. Anyway, uh, number two, if you're trying to protect yourself from infiltrators, do keep in mind you are living in a dystopia where everyone is famished. So if you see a bodybuilder maintaining his mass come into your camp, destroy him immediately. He is most likely an infiltrator. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. Did you just say 2029 is 15 years in the future? Oh, you know what? I'm looking at 514, which is today's date. Yeah, Mark was right. It's 12 years. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun to cut together. Anyway, so Sarah, where can people find us online? 
You can find us at Twitter at Retrograding Pod. And you can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. Also at our our normal site where you found us, our fireside site. <laughs> Retrograding.fireside.fm. <laughs> All right, our music is done by Dominique Barnes. You can find her at Dominique A. Barnes on SoundCloud if you'd like to contact her or hear more. Also, if you think you can do games better than we can, we'd love to hear from you. Submit your game ideas. Maybe we'll start tweeting out when we are about to record. Maybe a week in advance so you can play along with us. That's going to end this episode of Retrograding. Join us next time. The thing about how God, God, I get God. The, dogs the, can sense like goat and just sitting on the table is just what looks like a dead body. Mr. Spinalzo. Yes, Mr. Spinalzo. Sarah, your mom seems yes. to need something. Should we take a break? Yes. It is robots who have traveled to the past and use dinosaurs to help catch humans <laughs> to be their <laughs> slaves in the future. <laughs> so that's going to close this episode of Rachel. This is going to end <laughs> Rachel grading. God, I'm out of it. Good night, everybody. Do we need to do our plugs? Oh. <gasps>